Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. What it is, Duke City. Happy Thursday. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. It's a Fredless Thursday. Just your boy Van here in studio. And of course, right across the glass, super producer Michael Vital. What's happening, buddy? How are you doing today? You oh. know, I had a thought that just raced across my mind. Tomorrow's the Mega Millions drawing, which is about nearly over a billion dollars. What? If you won that lottery, would you love to buy an NFL team? Because the NFL is a cash cow. Your thoughts? Oh, my. Coming in hot here. Okay. Um, save that for like 90 seconds from now. Because as you know, two men on, we are always live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coal Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA, and we end our days at Hollow Spirits. And every weekend, we're sipping on that watermelon walk-off by Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. Let me, let me check out the Mega Millions here. I usually don't do the lottery. Oh, and it's this big. You got to you got to have try one. One point zero two billion mega millions yeah. jackpot up for grabs. And when's the drawing? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Okay, I'm gonna go buy a ticket. And if I somehow, by some miracle, win, I'm cutting you in on it. All right. Unless you want to pitch in, and we just get more numbers. We could do that, too. But just be, because I care about you so much, <laughs> you know if I get $1.02 billion, I'm going to cut you in on it, Mikey V. But, you know, there's that dream, you know, what would I do with that money? How about buying an NFL team? Because it is a cash cow, the NFL. Well, I hate to break it to you, Vital. The Broncos are on the market for a little over $2 billion. They're not they're not uh, mediocre or low end. They're probably on the higher end of NFL team, but I don't think one point zero two billion after taxes That's you true. can even afford an NFL team. In fact, Denver sold it to the Walt Walmart uh, family, the Walton family for four point six billion dollars. Hold on. I thought it was going for two and a half. Nope. All right, I'm I'm clip clopping away on the computer here. I don't believe that. Now, Denver's not one of those lords. not the Jaguars type of franchise, but you're right, about $2 billion to start. Oh, my goodness, $4.65 billion. As oh, yeah. always, Michael Vital is right about everything. Um, If I win the Mega Millions four and a half times in a row, hell yeah, I'll buy NFL yeah. team. Yeah, isn't that crazy? But is, is that your dream? If you had the amount of money that it would take, would the first thing that you do, Vital, is buy an NFL team? If I, well, no, I mean, because I'm just looking at it. I mean, it would be kind of in a sports fan's dream house. That's what I'm looking at it from. But 
re realistically, I would um, set up for a nice house and go from there. Okay, well, that's a smart, practical move. You pay off your debts. You give your loved ones some money. You donate some to charity. Then after that, with what's left, you see. Uh, then you start pulling out that shopping list, <laughs> yeah. thinking about what you want to buy with a that billion, billion dollars. Okay. I would definitely donate a huge chunk of it to my favorite causes. And then let's say I have $100 million left. I think I would buy a nice house. And this is the lamest answer ever. I would buy a nice house and I would travel. You know what? You know what I would do first off because of the way I live and like historically van is just a litany of bad decisions. I mean, that's how I ended up here sitting across from you <laughs> guys who have everything going for them in life and make all the right decisions. Don't have a talk radio show in a top 40 market in the country. Right. So I would, I would have to put it in trust is what I would do. I would put, after I gave it away, after I gave a bunch to friends and family, after I like secured the Britney Griner release, grease that wheel a little bit. You could be I a would, part owner of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I would probably invest. That would be nice because hey, it, hey, it is. why would I want to be that when I already am Vital? I right. got that one sheet of paper on my wall that says I'm a stockholder for the Packers. He billion, last year, the NFL revenue totaled $24 billion. So it, it, it's a cash cow. It's a cash infusion league that all the other leagues wish they had. Yeah, yeah. It's a great cash cow because they don't pay the medical bills of all their players that get hurt and all the, <laughs> the former players who have brain damage. Of course it's a cash cow. You don't got to pay your costs. You don't got to pay the piper. Okay, so this is why I'm saying that. I have a, a series of bad decisions in my life that led me to where I am and who I am now. A lot of them really strong, really valuable life lessons, okay? One of them is I'm bad with money. Makes two of us. Yeah. So I would definitely set up a trust for myself, put a big chunk, give somebody else control over it, and then they dole it out to me in smaller payments. Because I'm going to blow it on <laughs> you something don't trust stupid. trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd buy, like, I want to buy the most famous cemetery, and then I want to dig up Jim Morrison, and I want to clone him. I could do that. I got $127 billion. But you got a billion dollars. You couldn't spend that in your, the lifetime that you have. Not with that attitude. No way. I would 100 be able to. I could be able to spend that so easy. That is, like, a day in Vegas. Or a van. Yeah, for me. I make horrible decisions. <laughs> I'm not good with money, and I like to party. That's one of like, the nicest things about me. I know how to have a good time. I know how to have a rager. I know how to show my friends a good time. One thing I Hopefully would I know how to show the audience a good time, too. One thing I would like to do is go to every sporting event, like Major League Baseball. I like to go to every ballpark and see a game. How are you about that? You know, or, or go to every bat NBA game or NFL game as the season you know, when the season's on. You know, we, we, cool. uh, we were having some talks with friend of the show, Chisholm Trail RV, Aaron Chisholm, who's just the most amazing philanthropist in Albuquerque. We love her so much. Anything she supports, two men on, is right behind. But we had a talk with her about taking the show on the road. 
and do like a little on the road with Chisholm Trail RV where we do a bunch of minor league baseball fields uh, in smaller, obscure areas. So we thought that would be a really cool idea. So yeah, we're kind of, you're on to something there. But you can do that just by like being fiscally responsible and saving money. If you could, if you quit drinking soda pops, like <laughs> that's got to be what? And pizza. A couple hundred bucks a month. I have one a day. Your soda pop and pizza budget has got to be a lot of your income. Now, just as a uh, disclaimer, I make my own pizzas because I grew up in, working in an Italian restaurant family. So Smart. I grew up making pizzas, so I make my own. So being even being a lottery winner, because obviously I'd, I'd give a big chunk of it right yeah, off the someone top. someone drive you to work, drive you around, for you could just sit in the back. See, I would rather drive. That's more me, though. I'd get a Tesla Cybertruck and then just, like, have everyone oh, yell, yell at me looking. how ugly my truck is. <laughs> like a Russell Wilson truck shows up at camp with a huge grill in the front of the truck. Yeah, he's got to have on really tiny shoes and socks with how giant his truck is. That's pretty pathetic. But shout out to Denver. Shout out to Russell Wilson. You guys can have a... A way better year now that you have an actual quarterback for the first time since the ghost of Peyton Manning played. Got a great program for you today. We're going to talk some sports and sports-adjacent content. We're going to talk some NFL in the 4 o'clock hour with former Lobo quarterback and former NFL coach Ned James. 5 o'clock hour we got, and it's been too long. I miss this guy dearly. Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy. Hey. Who has the hottest takes, and he's able to frame his views in just an absolutely informative and eloquent way. Love talking sports with Rob Portnoy. Right before we kick off to the isotopes, of course, as always, we have voice of the isotopes, Josh Thushan, at 545 before we kick it over to the topes. 615 start, right? 615, yeah. yeah. Six is going to be our last segment. I think we might do a little varsity at six. We'll see how the show plays out. I got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of quick hitters in here, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it today. Training camp, okay? Training camp started for the NFL this week, and I love training camp because it's kind of like opening day of baseball. That You know, you just have all the hope in the world. Your team, zero and zero. There's every year an NFL team will do something in the offseason, whether it's through the draft or free agency or do a big shake-up move with the coaching staff. But something gives you a glimmer of hope, no matter how bad your team is. And I want to talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We are powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, the absolute best coffee in the Southwest. You know they ship coffee like anywhere in the world? There's people all over the world that love New Mexico Pinon Coffee. So if you're an expat listening to the show over the internet, you're jonesing for a little bit of home. Order you up some Mexico Pinon coffee. Loyal listeners, if you're having a bad day, I want you to pull out that little smartphone, 
or your iPad or your computer. Or if you're ahead of us, just push that button in your neck to have that screen pop up in front of your face. That's where we're going. Look up Trey Mancini inside the park home run. You kind of have to. Guys, do you remember when Jose Canseco was running for that deep knock into left field, reached his glove up, and it bounced off the top of his head over the stands for a home run? Well, this is a lot like that. Except for a high fly ball bounced off of Tampa Bay Ray Josh Lowe's face and shot into the right field corner, allowing Trey Mancini, who is not fast, Baltimore Oriole, all-star Trey Mancini, not a speedster, gets an inside-the-park home run off of Josh Lowe's face. And I'm kind of making light of this because, fortunately, Josh Lowe wasn't hurt. But he straight up missed his glove and ricocheted off his face in a manner that I could only refer to as owie. Ricocheted into the corner. Trey Mancini got an inside the park home run. So if you're having a bummer of a day, Albuquerque, look up Trey Mancini's inside the park home run. You're going to get a giggle out of it. Also, if you're having a bad day, I'll tell you what. Your NFL team has a shot. All things are square. It's the first week of training camp. There's always hope first week of the season. There's always just a little glimmer of hope that your team, whether you're a Jets fan Jags fan, Giants fan, Lions fan, Panthers fan. You know, the bottom of the barrel. The guys you really don't see improving, who haven't had a history of success. Oh, Commanders. Let's throw the Commanders in there. They're losers. Your Chicago Bears. They're not going to get any better. The Lions. I mentioned the Lions. But no matter how bad they've been for how long, there's always a glimmer of hope during training camp. Because anything could happen. Any given Sunday, baby. That's why they play the game. That's why they practice. That's why they suit up. That's why they go onto the field. That's why they do all the bad commercials. That's why they do all the podcast interviews. Anything could happen. And we were talking about this earlier, Vital, that worst to first, although it doesn't happen every year, it happens so often that it gives these teams hope. And on paper, I really don't see any of these teams turn it around. But what they do have going for them is scheduling. Because whatever year it is, and it rotates every four years, excuse me, every six years, that you will play a certain conference. And then outside of that conference, you will play your rivals and, of course, your interdivision. You get to play 
the team that finished with the same standing as you. If you're the bottom of the barrel, you got fourth place in your division, guess what? Whatever other division you play, you get to play all the fourth place teams from that division. And most passive NFL fan doesn't know that. That's why you see so much movement, so much fluctuation every year. Not only do teams get better, not only do teams get worse, but there's a lot of movement because the competition is different every year. If you're so the, last year there there will be eight teams that in last year's playoffs won't make this year's playoffs. That's how it will always flips over. Yeah, I mean it's that likely because a, lo- a lot of the teams in the middle. I mean, you got your class of the NFL: Buccaneers, Packers, Rams, Chiefs, Chargers, Titans. Super Bowl losing Bengals, they'll be in the mix. The Bills, who are a big favorite for a lot of people this year. you got some teams that you know are going to compete. You know they're going to do good. You know they're going to win double-digit games. But from the bottom up to the middle, this league is an anything-can-happen league. And a lot of it has to do with the scheduling. Because if you're first place, you play other first-place teams from whatever division uh, division you're playing against this year. And so not only does teams getting better, teams getting worse affect the outcome of the year, affect who goes to the playoffs. But I mean it's it's straight up your schedule. You only the losers only play the losers, except for when they're playing in their division and playing their rivals. And that's what Cincinnati had last year, a last place schedule. Cincinnati did in fact have a last place schedule and went on a run in the playoffs, and that's what we love about sports. Situations like that. Doesn't help. It does help to have free agency in the salary cap too in the NFL. Yeah, and a, a lot of Burkanos are going to like to hear this, but the most frequently picked worst to first team is your seven and ten AFC West basement dwelling Denver Broncos. As we all know, this is a big Broncos town here. Broncos, Cowboys, Raiders, probably the big three here. The Broncos are the pick for a lot of people. They got a great roster top to bottom, played some serious defense last year, got some weapons on offense, and now they have a legitimate quarterback threat. So the Denver Broncos are like the easiest worst to first pick. So if you're a Broncos fan, you got a lot to look forward to this year. My favorite, I like the odds on this bet, worst to first pick, is Sunshine himself and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are better on paper than they played last year. Lost a lot of close games. Went through all that drama with their idiot coach. And then that was that was just scratching the surface. I think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. And the Jacksonville Jaguars... Although unlikely, I think the Colts are going to be the class of that division this year. The Texans are going to be in the basement this coming year. Everyone's going to beat up on the Texans this year. Yeah, they're bad. But I see the Jacksonville going from 3-14 and 14 to a winning record. Now, I don't know if that's going to be enough to get into the playoffs in that conference and in that division, but I see the Jacksonville Jaguars, while not being the most likely to go worst to first, but my favorite journey. I mean, the Ravens were 8-9 and nine last year, 
and they were in last place because of a tiebreaker. But they're super likely to go worst to first. Lamar Jackson, he's the truth. If his completion percentage goes up higher, he's an absolute maniac. The Jets, not going to happen. The Giants, not going to happen. Panthers, hmm. Maybe Cleveland was ruining Baker Mayfield. Maybe Baker Mayfield is way better than we gave him credit for because he had the curse of Cleveland. And how would we know? They got, isn't that insane? Just four years ago, the number one and number three overall draft picks, the first two quarterbacks taken in that draft, are now on the same team. Yeah. Sam That's Darnold, bonkers. Baker Mayfield. Darnold didn't have that big of an impact on the team last year, but he was without McCaffrey. He was without DJ Moore, some other weapons. So to his credit, he didn't have a lot going for him around him. The Panthers got a shot. The Panthers can be a slightly over 500 team in that division. The Buccaneers are going to beat up on everybody. I don't have any trust in Jameis Winston. I don't have any trust in Marcus Mariota. Yeah. So maybe the Panthers sneak into a wild card spot. Maybe they play better. Maybe Christian McCaffrey stays healthy all year. Baker Mayfield is better than we thought he was. There's a chance. Seattle Seahawks, now without Russell Wilson, there's no way they're going worst to first. So Panthers, maybe. Broncos, likely. Ravens, likely. Jacksonville Jaguars, that's going to be a fun team to watch. I think Trevor Lawrence got some more weapons around him. Offensive lines improving. Signed a couple free agents, and they had a loaded draft. Oh, and they're getting ETN back. I think he's a stud. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a great young talent. More NFL talk when we get back. Lobo legend and ex-NFL coach Ned James is going to join us to talk a little Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, and we'll see where that goes from there. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. What it is, Duke City. Welcome back to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Shout out to the YMCA. We love the YMCA. We start all of our days at the YMCA. I'll have my day started at the YMCA tomorrow. Tomorrow about 8. I think I'm going to hit the gym at like 8 tomorrow, Mikey. What time are you going to the gym? Uh, you won't be seeing me there for a long time, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'll have my pizza ready for the weekend. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be ready and going and exercise my stomach. Yep. A guy who spent a lot of time in a lot of gyms and a lot of meeting rooms and a lot of football fields. My favorite NFL contributor to two men on, former Lobo quarterback, ex-NFL coach, Ned James. What's happening, my guy? Hey, what's happening, man? Good to hear from you guys, man. I'm glad uh, you're up and going, and you guys are doing well, and it's football season. It's just a little bit like the blues, you know, football. It's funky, it's nasty, it's sweaty, but it makes you feel so good, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I love. I, I did last segment, I don't know if you caught it, but I talk about the hope of training camp, and almost every year some team goes worse to first. You've spent a lot of time at training camps, What's the buzz like when everybody shows up and they're full of that hope and they're ready to start putting in hard work to win football games? 
Oh, yeah, everyone, you know, you believe you're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody's sprinting. Everybody's in tip-top shape for the most part. You know, the the big, fat heavies, they're always a little bit over, but that's okay. You know, you know you're going to work them into shape. And, you know, the thing, coaches worry because, you know, we're eating so much at training camp and we don't train like the players. we got to watch out because we get uh. fat and overweight. That's why you got all these fat and overweight coaches. We eat so much at training camp because there's so much food there because these guys are burning so many calories because they're – you know you're working out so hard, but uh, it's yeah, it's a good, it's a it's an optimistic time. Everyone's uh, you know excited, and, and the staff is you know all geared up, and everybody's you know got their binders and their books and their notes, and you know you just you know you know which guys study and how they study and, and what they study, and you know just get ready for you know the camp and just pray that no one you know tears an ACL. <laughs> Uh, news leaked of a very unfortunate contract for the now 200-plus millionaire Kyler Murray. And in this contract is a stipulation that he has to, on his own, watch four hours of film a day. To me, I mean, sorry, four hours a week. Uh, yeah. Is that on the low end for an NFL quarterback? No, I think it's kind of silly that, you know, that's, uh, that came out, you know, as far as clauses, you know, there's, you know, NFL clubs do that a lot with players, you know. Uh, I go back to, you know, when we were in, I was in Tennessee, you know, the Pac-Man, you know, their, his agent was a good friend because he's a, he, he was a general manager for the Maloofs and Phil Maloof was a good friend of mine and uh, he um, uh, worked with the Maloofs with uh, their World League team and he had been the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he was Pac-Man Jones's, uh agent and uh you know he knew where the bodies were buried and yeah. the, where the what i mean by where the bodies are buried is that you know general managers know that where, where people slip in these little clauses with players and it happens all the time uh for little different things that you know you think you may have trouble with with a player you may slip a clause in there to try to help you you know get out of a, a, a nasty situation with the guy and, and and they wanted to put a behavior clause in there for pac-man and i'm eating lunch with michael hughes who's the former gm of the jaguars and he says ned that's an oxymoron pac-man jones and a behavior clause uh. are you kidding me that means the guy's 30 million dollars he, he'll he'll be paying for playing for free you know because you know the guy's gonna have a behavior clause uh, of a guy that you know who since he left the crib he's been in fights he's been you know he's got all these issues in college and everything else so it, there's no way and pac-man was the first defensive player drafted that year and so what you do is, you know, they've ne- they never had a holdout with a first-round draft pick. And so they tried to sneak a behavior clause in there. And they, no, way, no way we're going to sign a behavior clause. Are you kidding me? And then they said, finally, you know, three days before camp, they, they took the clause out. But what they did was they shrunk the clause and put it back on the last page of the contract. And so, you know, they said, oh, we're going to get you. And they said, no, no, no. He had two lawyers looking at it, and one lawyer caught it. And he says, okay, they want to play that game. They waited until right before, you know, the last day before you could sign it. And then they said, oh, we're going to hold out from camp. And he was the first one uh, player to ever hold out in the history of the Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans, because they tried to slip in this this clause. And so I don't think it's really – how do you how do you uh, contractually how do those guys uh, penalize them and how do they you know how do you in any way um, enforce or punish? You know, do you right. have a guy follow him home at night? Do you have a guy, you know, is, you know, do, 
can he just turn it on and just leave it on and just go, you know, play video games in the other room? I mean, how do you how do you enforce it? I mean, you know, it's it's really kind of silly. And you know, do they have to go to arbitration? It's, it's, there's all kinds of it's so complicated and convoluted. It's just ridiculous. It just kind of gives the owner an out. You know, if he feels like you know he's, you know, he, he's not getting his money's worth from a guy who's getting 130 million guaranteed. But you know, how do you penalize it? You know, you know, the, the quarterback will. Kyler Murray will do something else, you know, to to reap the money if they if they mess with him too much. So, right. you know, it's really kind of a silly thing. You know, clubs try to do that with all different kinds of players. It's just a clause, and I don't think it necessarily means anything. And I think, you know, when you have to, you know, when you put something like that, it does more damage to your brand of your team because you know you you're see, that's, Ned, that's your it right there. You know, you got him out there now. You know, everybody's every time they lose a game, say, well, did he get his four hours in? So it's really kind of silly. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, it's like a it's a stain on the organization. To me, this isn't an indictment on Kyler because there's no way he makes it to this level of professional sports without all that preparation. To me, this is a stain on the Arizona Cardinals organization. Number one, they put that insulting clause in a contract, and number two, they let it leak. Like, how bad of a look is this? If you're a yeah, coach, people, what do you talk to the GM about? people learn different ways. You know, uh, Drew Bennett had a photographic memory. He never took a note in, in, in the meetings. And then, you know, Steve McNair, he wasn't a, a good film guy, but he, he could learn. He, he had great spatial awareness. And Neil O'Donnell would run the, the quarterback school every Saturday, you know, the, the Saturday practice before the games on the road and, and, and at home. And then, you know, those, there's certain guys, there's certain teaching, you know, not everybody went to an Ivy League college. You know, you've got to have special ed teachers. There's some kids that have special ed. Right. Guys learn differently. So it's all about not how much you know, but how well you can communicate and teach. That's the most important thing. So one guy you don't have to communicate and teach with because he can coach your damn team is Tom Brady. And after this uh, Kyler drama came out, videos leaked of Tom Brady during an interview, and he's saying – he, all he does is watch tape. All he does is study film. If he doesn't have a team responsibility or social responsibility, that's all he does. And, and the, the clip that I saw said, I can sit down for four or five hours and not move. So how a guy like Brady and a guy like Kyler, why are they getting treated this differently? If you know they're both going to study the tape, they know they're going to do what they can to win. <laughs> Well, well, people might want to put their kids in the Marin County uh, School District in California yeah. because they say Brady's got a photographic memory. And Drew Bennett was from Marin County, too. He's got a photograph. So maybe it's oh. the school district. I don't know. But one of the things you have to understand is that what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Did, did, was it Belichick that instilled this learning uh, process for Brady? Or did Brady come with it? You don't know. You know, sometimes guys have to train, have to be trained to be professionals. And some guys, you know, uh, Kyler's coach, Kyler came from an RPO system where he never even had to go into a huddle. You know, they did everything from, from shotgun and got signals and posters on the sidelines showing them what to do. And they necessarily didn't have to articulate the play in the huddle like they do in the NFL. And then he gets a college coach who shouldn't have even had the job, gets the job, and then now they're both on the job training. And so you just don't know that, hey, maybe this owner is just putting this protection in because he's got two guys that need to learn, the, the head coach, the GM, and the, and the player. So Brady's situation is a lot different in that he, you know, playing for Bill Belichick, you're going to have to, you know, Bill's got everything, 
you know, in line, how he wants it done. Doesn't matter who's the quarterback. You're just a player. Here's how it's going to be done. Here's how you better study it. If you don't study, I'm going to embarrass you. And maybe that forced Brady to be the way he is right now. It, it doesn't necessarily – and it's like Neil O'Donnell would come over from um, – from playing for Bill Parcells. You know, he, he kind of taught, you know, you, if you have a veteran guy that's there to teach the, the young quarterback, you know, how to study, how to be a pro, you know, what it's going to take to be a successful pro, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's ingrained in them. And so Kylan didn't necessarily maybe have that person to kind of, you know, help him along the way. And so that may have caused, you know, some of the confusion or some of the, you know, um, lack of or what they feel should have been more study that he should have done. But I don't, you know, the, the guy's played pretty well these these three years to get to where he's at now. And so I don't know if it's it's necessarily something that they should have put in the contract or maybe they should have sat down with him and, and given him the expectations as a pro or maybe he needs to, you know, have someone show him. But for them to put it in there, it, it shows that, the you know, the ownership maybe, you know, they're trying to give themselves some sort of um, – way out if uh, if uh, things don't go the way they want them to go. Ned, you got a couple minutes after the break. I, li- I want to ask sure. you about another a QB. Um, no problem. All right, sweet. Uh, more Ned James we got from the, when we get back from the break. We wouldn't be here without our partners and sponsors, and one of them is, of course, Hollow Spirits. All kinds of cool activities going on at Hollow Spirits beyond just having great food and great drinks. Look out for the Whiskey and Cigar Night coming up. They have bartending classes there. And uh, this Sunday, myself and Voice of uh, New Mexico United, Tyler Ortega, will be hosting the New Mexico United Watch Party this Sunday. So check that out. Come have some fun with us. And there's like the atmosphere is just amazing. Got some great giveaways, some merch, some uh, gift certificates. And like I said, uh, two tickets to Whiskey and Cigar Night and possibly two tickets to uh, bartending class. So... Come support you, New Mexico United, and have some fun with the boys. More NFL talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Two Men On. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. For all your real estate needs, make sure you check out the man, John Lopez on the sports animal hotline with us frequent contributor NFL insider Ned James welcome back to program Ned hey so I'm conflicted on one quarterback and I want to hear your analysis on this uh, this gentleman I watch tape or I watch games Russell Wilson plays, and I'm, I'm going to go on a little tangent here real quick. I watch games, I watch tape of Russell Wilson, and he will miss a read and make a horrible play, or he'll make an insane throw to someone who's not even standing there, or he'll scramble too much and have a play breakdown. But Russell Wilson's a winner. He's To me, Russell Wilson is that second the, the cream of the second tier of quarterbacks in the NFL because he's a winner. He's just got that thing. He has what it takes. He's got that magnetism. He's a leader of men. Like, you see him make some mistakes on the field, and then the next thing you know, he's got the team united playing behind him, and they get another win. 
win after win after win. What what is it about this guy that makes him special? Uh, he, he wins the game. You know, <laughs> when you have a quarterback or you have a leader or anybody in your organization, you know, the the goal is to win. The, the goal is not to have the most money or to have the best-looking guy or to have the fastest guy. The goal is to, to win. And so when you win, um, it comes with benefits, you know, and that's, you know, being recognized and that's being – you know, put up there with the with the greats of the game, and you know, if you win a Super Bowl, you, you know, it's even you, you get even more recognition. And and he's done a fairly good job of of winning. And so people, old people like me, I'm I'm putting this on myself, don't like quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Oompa Loompas like Kyler Murray. We don't like those guys because. The traditional, our traditional guys are six foot four, Dan Marino, six foot five, John Elway's, Joe Flacco's. Even though JJ Buck hits me over the head because he absolutely hates Joe Flacco, but those guys have won Super Bowls. Those guys are, you know, even though Marino's one of the records said he's never won a Super Bowl, but this is the prototypical what we look for: cookie cutter quarterback in the NFL. What we believe has to be and can only be the way to success. And that's not necessarily the case. That's why I always say, Jay, you got, I, I was in a game, we were a top 10 defense. I was coaching defense in New Orleans with the Saints. And I called Doug Flutie everything under the sun, oopaloopa, midget, munchkin, everything that you shouldn't say to short people. And the guy put almost 48 points on us. We were a top yeah. 10 defense. And he put four, and it, it it should have garnered some respect from me. But, you know, there's certain guys that can just go out there and just have that winner quality about them and can win the game for you. But us old-timers, it's like Bill Polian is in the Hall of Fame as a general manager. He said Lamar Jackson would never play in the NFL. Never. He didn't say maybe as a backup, uh, I don't know. He said the guy would never play in the NFL. And he's a Hall of Fame general manager. And here's a guy who's an MVP. He's won playoff games. He's a, he's, a, he's a top quarterback in the league. And he wins. And the name of the game is winning. And, you know, it's like you said, you know, just like you have, cha- you have superstar players, you have superstar coaches. It doesn't matter. Is it Brady or was it Belichick? You know, is it chicken or the egg? What came first? Because a lot of people will tell you, well, it was Brady. It was Brady. Okay. You think it's Brady, huh? <laughs> I don't think it was ever Brady. You know, so it, it just depends on, you know, who, what kind of system you're in. You know, if you and the head coach can get along, the chemistry, the culture of the organization, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, the success of a team. And uh, Pete Carroll, you know, he had the formula for uh, Russell Wilson to win, and they won a lot with him. So for a guy like Russell Wilson, who you just he's just got the thing, winner. Like when do you see that in a quarterback? Is that practiced? Is that do they just born with it? How early in a quarterback's development is it? Middle school, high school, college, or you got to wait till the pros? No, no when, you do, know, when do that it factor it, emerge? There's a lot of things involved in it. It's it's the it's the culture of the team. You know, Russell Wilson had to go to two different colleges because the coach at the the first, NC State, so you're not good enough. There's going to be a guy coming in that's going to beat you out. You need to transfer. Here's a guy who's won a Super Bowl, but it's the college coach told him he wasn't good enough. So you just never know. You have to get to a place where it fits. It's like Lamar Jackson. Here's a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. He's on ESPN telling everyone. 
This guy will never play in the NFL. He's not good enough. And he's saying it every single day. And I'm in the Hall of Fame as a GM. I know how to pick players. And the guy goes and becomes the MVP of the league. So you just don't know. You have to get to where there's a chemistry, and you don't necessarily know. Uh, it depends on the system. You know, you know, Brady had the benefits of Belichick. Lamar Jackson has the benefits of, of Greg Roman. He knows how to play with the quarterback like uh, um, like uh, Lamar Jackson. And so it just all depends. The coaching, you have to have – it was like Steve McNair. It was one of the – I used to call my friends all the time and tell them, we'll never win a game. I said, Steve McNair never practices. Guy's always hurt. And the guy won MVP the next year. Huh. You know, the guy was the MVP of the league the next year. But the guy would play on, on Sundays, wouldn't even practice sometimes, couldn't even sit in the plane. He, his back was so bad. He had to lay in the, in the aisle on the airplane. And, but he and Jeff Fisher had this relationship. They could get along. Even though he wouldn't practice, he drank a lot. You know, Fisher knew where he was, but he would cover for him if he, was, he wasn't at practice. You know, there was all kinds of things. But there's this chemistry. The players all liked him. You know, the players have to like you. You know, there has to be some camaraderie. You know, it, there's a whole bunch of different factors that are involved in it. And it's just really a beautiful thing to watch. And it's just like the blues. It's funky. It's nasty. It's sweaty. It may not look good, but, boy, it feels so good when you win. And it feels so good to watch sometimes, too. So it's, uh, it's really kind of neat the way football is. That's why people love it so much. Well said. Said absolutely perfectly, as usual. Ned James. Thanks for contributing today. Always love having you on the show. Hey, thank you guys for having me. You guys have a great show to to finish up with. Thanks. Thank you, Ned. Former Lobo quarterback and NFL coach Ned James. Love it when he contributes to the program. Absolute wealth of experience and information when it comes to the NFL. When we get back, how much does love cost? I got an exact dollar amount on how much love costs. More sports and sports adjacent content when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. What it is, Duke City. It's quitting time for you. Congratulations. Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Hope you got an awesome weekend planned. Everything you want to do, you can do here in Albuquerque. So don't, uh, don't make excuses for the city. Make excuses for yourself. There's plenty of things to do. Come see us on Sunday. Hosting the New Mexico United Watch Party at Hollow Spirits. Voice of United, Tyler Ortega. That's going to be a lot of fun. You're listening to Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA, and we end our days at Hollow Spirits. And every weekend, we're sipping 
on that watermelon walk-off by Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. How much does love cost, Mikey? What's your, what's your quota? Well, sometimes you can be rich or you can be cheap with it. It just depends on how you are. Do you remember the basketballer Steven Jackson? Yes. He knows exactly how much love costs. And how so? Longtime girlfriend and fiance. You might know her from Basketball Wives. I don't because I don't watch that garbage. Apparently she was on Basketball Wives. I just learned that out a couple hours ago. Imani Showalter. And uh, she's good looking. She's a, a, a worthy trophy wife for a basketballer, especially a guy who beats up people, referencing the malice at the palace. There is an exact dollar amount to how much love cost for a Mr. Steven Jackson. And it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it's kind of on Imani Showalter for not agreeing to a prenup because Steven Jackson abandons his fiance at the altar because she wouldn't sign a prenup because she wanted to get her claws into Steven Jackson's $20 million fortune. Let me say that again. Wow. NBA veteran, participant of Malice at the Palace, above average baller. I mean, the dude's an NBA champion. Dude can play. He was always good. Steven Jackson abandons his fiance at the altar because she wouldn't sign a prenup. He is estimated to be worth over $20 million. She refused to sign the prenup. It went all the way up into wedding day, the day before. You figured, you could have figured this out months before when you're doing the wedding planning. You think you would have done it a week before when people started traveling. You think you'd do it a few days before at the rehearsal dinner. You think you'd do it any other time except for the day of or the day before a friggin' wedding. Hey, dude bros around the world, just like everyone's holding up one half of a high five for Steven Jackson right now. Because he protected them dollar dollar bills. Maybe there was something he knew about Amani Showalter. This is all alleged. Maybe she was a little thirst trappy. Maybe she was a little gold diggery. Maybe she clued him into something that he didn't like about her or her personality. And he dangled that prenuptial agreement in front of her for months, and she didn't sign it. She thought she was calling his bluff, and he stood pat and waved that prenuptial agreement in the air like a friggin' newsboy with a newspaper on the corner. And he said, no, thank you. 
Love ain't got nothing to do with it. I'll go sleep on my giant pile of money tonight and sleep like a baby. R.I.P. Imani Showalter of Stephen Jackson potential marriage and basketball wives fame. Stephen Jackson, you're definitely the dude of the day. Big shout out. Protect yourself. 505-246-0610. Reach out to us on the Sports Animal Hotline or text line. When Vital deems you worthy, he'll let you ride in. And now on the hotline, we got OG friend of the show, Lenny. What's happening, Lenny? How you doing? Well, that's how you, this is how you two lose money with thinking with the wrong body part. Yes, Evander Holyfield has his divorce done. Done. It's not signed yet. Wife calls him up for a little booty call. He goes and takes it. Nulls and voids the divorce agreement, and she hits him up for another fifty million. Ouch! Yeah, no, thank you. Yes, which then led to eventual downfall, selling his mansion to Rick Ross in Atlanta, the big, you know, hundred thousand square foot mansion, and all of that. How do you do that? Uh, sign not, the paperwork. Sign the paperwork. And get it filed. Then do whatever you want. Yeah, you're um, you're hundred percent correct. And uh, my thought isn't that oh the audacity we're supposed to be in love. How dare you have a prenuptial agreement? My I'm on the exact other side. Why do you care about being attached to my bank account? I thought you loved me. Isn't this what it's about? Okay. If those athletes are not signing prenups, I'll give you another example. And that was Jessica Simpson marrying Nick Lachey. She married him, no, and there was no prenup. He was in 98 degrees, so he was the better moneymaker. Then she hit it off, and her makeup company went on to make, devalued it like a half a billion dollars. They get divorced. No prenup. He got half the assets. Shout out to Nick Lachey. I never knew that. Yeah. So you just never know. So before I get off, because I know I don't want to take up time, the Juan Soto race. Okay. Who do you think is going to end up with him next week? Uh, I'm just, I'm leaning Padres. Because I know. I think, I think the Padres, but I just don't know where they're going to get the money to have three players making $300 million, $330 million, and $500 million. Well, I mean, you just got to convince your billionaire owner to start paying off millionaires. Like, if you want, no, con- he's—I mean, he's doing it. But it, it, it's the seventh biggest TV market in the country, so it's not like Golden State, who was able to pay off their arena before it was even finished being built off right. of PSLs. Yeah, I mean, you just have to be all in if you want to compete with the Yankees in the National League East. You want to compete with the Dodgers in the National League West. You have to act like them. But you how have many, to spend okay, big money. And then how many of your top prospects do you give up for one potential Hall of Famer? If if you're able to sign Juan Soto for a long-term deal, you give him the whole farm. He's a top you're five guy. You're going to have guy. to sign him to a 15-year deal worth probably between 650 
and $750 million. Because he's going to take into account, the reason he turned down that $450 million, that's only $30 million a year average annual value. He's not going to take that. Yeah, he's going to be a 40 million. And he knows in 15 million. years, $30 million will be middle of the road you are for correct. top-tier players. You're correct, and he knows that. He wants to set the market. He wants to set the standard for all players and all free agents that come after him. Oh, and I, I have another question today. Did you study your four hours this week to do your show? <laughs> we just talked about that a little bit with Ned James so, earlier. So, so here's the problem that the Cardinals made on that contract. When this deal's done, because he's going to get all five years of that money, he's only 29 years old. Yep. Why did you not buy out some of his prime years? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the Cardinals were scared of a run-first quarterback who might not have the same longevity. But you gave him $160 million, so the $160 million versus you giving him 250 What's the difference at that point? He's going to get the $230 million. Guarantee he's going to get that much. He's going to get his five years. But you, now you have a 29-year-old quarterback in his prime. What do you think he's going to get paid then? If he's getting 46 now. Yeah, he'll just reset the market again. I mean, I don't think he's the second what, best. What, is that going to be 60, $65 million at that point? Sure. Yeah, I don't think he's the second best quarterback in the league, but he's the second he's not the highest. Second. He's not even the second best quarterback. Well, uh, Russell Wilson's gone. He, <laughs> yeah. he, I don't even. He's not as good as Stafford. You're correct. I believe you are correct. But they, and if Russell Wilson was still there, it'd be a toss up. But Wilson's taken him to the promised land twice. Yeah, you're very right. The only thing, the only thing ironic about this is that his pay is more than the Oakland A's payroll that he was drafted by. That's hilarious, right? I, lo- I love that little tidbit that each year he's going to make more than the baseball team that drafted him. But it's beautiful. who put out that addendum to embarrass him like that? And this is a true. And this is a, a, a not a joke, Grandpa. You have many people that think black quarterbacks do not have the intelligence to play the position. Yeah, yeah, those same people storm the Capitol. They're idiots. So now, right, but now they see this addendum, and they're laughing. Because it's the first addendum like this in the history of sports, for any sport. And then how are they going to monitor it? So that means they're going to have to uh, monitor what he does with, I don't know, time modules or something on it, and also that the computer is only on when his face is in front of the uh, iPad. Yeah, you just give him a handler like Des Bryant had, but this one's for studying instead of crime. You know, but now he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder, but every team's going to test him now to see if he's actually reading the script. Yeah, and then it's, the, the a, it's t- an embarrassing situation. Every L the Cardinals take this year, some idiot on uh, with a microphone like me is going to say, well, did he study his four hours this well, week? Um, well, okay, so who's replacing De- DeAndre Hopkins the first six games? Who's replacing Christian Kirk? Who's replacing Chandler Jones? Excellent questions. It's going to be an uphill battle for him and the Arizona Cardinals this year. To Kyler Murray's credit, he did look really good during the regular season, and then – he was shut down and pretty much embarrassed in the playoffs. And who else does that sound like? Oh, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson. Uh, uh, well, there we go. And then, the, and then the pick of the weekend, 
Amanda Nunes does not get her title back. Oh, my. Julia Pena, third round, puts her to sleep. I like that pick. A, I like that pick. I met just a... goes off with her big ego into the uh, bank account. Lenny, we're up against it. We got to so, run. Thanks for thanks for the thanks, call. Appreciate it. Thanks for being a friend of the show. Thanks for the hot takes. Vital Lenny is quite often right. That is a reasonable sports fan there, who has some good takes. I agree with the Juliana Pena pick. As I met her at the Super Bowl, and uh, she is stunningly gorgeous and intelligent. And she's got this air of badassery, just this halo hanging over her. So I like that pick. When we get back, Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy, joins us to talk a little Lobo football and talk a little uh, NBA. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. As you all know, we play on Team I-9, who does the absolute best job for the Albuquerque, Rio Rancho, and surrounding area community on instructing your kids and keeping them safe. Check out League Office 280 at I-9 Sports. They are the best in the biz. I-9 brings you every day the varsity. A lot of people say that's uh, their favorite segment on Two Men On. I disagree. My favorite segment on Two Men On is when friend in real life, friend of the show, OG contributor, voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy is with us. What's happening, Rob? Hey, hey, it's great to be with you, Van. Uh, Everything's good, buddy. Uh... Happy summer, and uh, hope you're well. It's been too long. Awesome to be with you. Yeah, man, because oh, when it's springtime, you're calling Lobo Baseball, and you're on when we're on. Right. So you, you, we can't just have you on every day. You're a busy dude. You're doing your gig. But you're like this happy little little uh, Goldilocks zone right now in between sports where we can talk and hang out and talk sports. Yeah, and it's it's rapidly coming to a close. But uh, you're right. It is the sweet spot. Um, but Lobo football hits training camp on the 5th. Uh, we're talking a week. And, uh, yeah, that's just pumped. Well, let's talk a little Lobo football because you know we're a big Coach G team over here. Anything that he does in the community, we're behind him 100%. We love the momentum this program has. Are you seeing the movement, the upward trajectory in this program that hardcore Lobo football fan wants to see? Yes, and I know it's hard for hardcore fan to see that in the off season, uh, and especially hard for hardcore Lobo fan and casual Lobo fan uh, with the momentum coming out of the COVID year, right? With those two big wins over Wyoming and Fresno State, sort of the the adversity that the Lobos faced that year having to play in practice out of Las Vegas and and winning those games at the end of the season generated so much feel-good and so much momentum. And Coach G, Coach Gonzalez, always warned us that year two was going to be tougher than year one. And if you look at 
the empirical evidence across the board, not just for Lobo football, but across the board. When a new staff comes in, the second years always suffer than the first. And it turned out that was the case. I think we were a little um, – our judgment was a little clouded because of the momentum from the end of the 2020 season. And then also the fact that COVID allowed you to, to hold over some guys that you thought might be leaving the program because of the extra season they got due to the added eligibility. But in the end, last year was really tough. And nobody was happy with three wins, but um, here's, here's where to look for trajectory, okay? The defense came out of last season ranked 44th in the nation in total defense, in the country. And second in total defense, this is for all games, not just league games, but all games, second in total defense in the conference behind Fresno State. That's coming from the, the first year, the, the transition year for the defense to the Rocky Long system under Coach Gonzalez, where the, the Lobos started to turn over the other team, but still, you know, in, in the in statistical categories you look at, struggle, points per game, yards per game, all those things. Last year they took a huge leap forward. They returned seven starters from last year's defense. I think you'll see that trajectory continue, right, on that same path. So a lot of things to be optimistic about, and, and – there's no way the Lobo offense will struggle as much as it did last year. So um, I'm excited about this season, man. Yeah, I am as well. Um, Coach G is a big character guy. Can you talk about like what he does in the community and the culture that he's established for these young student athletes? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, the thing that most impresses me about um, Coach Gonzalez and, and what he does with his staff and with his team and his program, top to bottom, um, it, 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 it comes from the top. He's an unbelievable ambassador. Like, you talk to people about what happened last season, right, and the disappointment from the results is palpable and understandable. But there's never a negative word about the coach and the program and the the way that the Lobo uh, players and staff comport themselves, the way they carry themselves, how they represent the university and the athletic department, those things have been impeccable. And that's how you start. You know, like I, I remember uh, reading about, uh, Bill Walsh, when he took over the San Francisco 49ers organization, and in his book he talked about how though they were terrible when he started and they were terrible in his first year, that he wanted everyone in the organization from the office manager, who was the first person that you see when you walk in the door, to the clubhouse manager, to the defensive coordinator, to the starting quarterback, to act like champions from the moment that he took over. Like, you're going to present yourself as the best, regardless of the results, because that's how we're going to start thinking around here. And Coach Gonzalez has not been shy about saying that the goal isn't to just become competitive. The goal is to win the fifth conference championship in program history. And I fully believe that that will happen if Coach Gonzalez is given the full opportunity, and he will be. And I, that's, to me, it's whether they're – at a school reading to kids, whether they're taking a beating from a Power 5 team, whether they're 
you know, breaking a losing streak against Fresno State at the end of 2020 uh, and dancing around on a field in Las Vegas. Whatever it is, this program represents itself beautifully. And that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. Another thing this program needs is support. It needs Lobo Nation to show up to the tailgates, have some fun, go into the game, represent the cherry and silver, show up in droves, even after, so, even after an L, even yeah, when you it, don't think they're going to get an L. This is how we start. Your support, the dollars that you infuse into the program is very important. And speaking of dollars, Lobo season tickets are the K&ML sweet deal of the week. So check out KNML Sweet Deal and get some seriously discounted tickets, season tickets for Lobo football. Home opener, September 3rd at Maine. This isn't one you can't look past, right? No, uh, th- that's fantastic, though, what you just said. I mean, uh, thank, thank you for bringing that up because, um, you know, the Lobos host Maine September 3rd, University Stadium, 6 p.m., and the Lobos are, are at home early, right? I mean, yeah. they're at home early, and they need the support out of the gate. The first three games of the year are home games, Maine, Boise State, UTEP, right out of the chute, three consecutive weeks. And like you said, uh, first of all, the sweet deal is fantastic. Um, if you're, you know, jump on that immediately. Like, there, there's no better way. Jump on that right out of the gate if you can. Um, if you can't, the tickets are still incredibly affordable. Yes. And there's, there's another, uh, you know, way that is out there right now. The family, uh, family packs are back. The family four packs are back with one of our great parts, partners, Albertsons, too. So, like, that's another thing. Like, you shop for groceries, right? Even if Albertsons isn't your normal spot, just go spend 50 bucks, and you can get these four packs for $6 a ticket. So th- that's another unbelievable way, um, you know, to, to, it's, it's affordable, it's fun, it's family-friendly, and, yeah, it, it, you need it to jump in on the ground floor. Now's the time. So we're going to have Rob stay with us after the break, but before we go to break, I want to ask you, serious QB battle going on. This is kind of a stone-cold whodunit here. I think every quarterback in this group has a chance. What do you think the key to being the starting quarterback is, and do you have a prediction who is going to come out ahead? Oh, man, you're speaking my language. I, I, I mean, we can spend as much time digging into the excitement that I have around the program uh, positionally across the board, offense and defense. Breaking news, by the way, breaking news. There's this Paul Horning Award, okay? There's a watch list for the Paul Horning Award. It's been around like 13, 14, 15 years or whatever. It's the the most versatile player in college football. Guess who's on the list? True sophomore, Cleveland High School superstar, true freshman for the Lobos last year, standout Luke Weissong. Um, He's on the list. So, breaking news, that literally just came down the, the pipe here a few minutes ago. Um, well deserved. But on the quarterback thing, let me give you a quick rundown. Transfer from Kansas, Miles Kendrick. We only saw him in seven-on-seven because seven he's still rehabbing an injury. Can't wait to see him full go. He's in the mix. There's a junior college transfer from a really good program at Fresno City College, Justin Holiday. Obviously, these two guys were not brought in to just be guys. They're going to compete for the starting job. Coach Gonzalez says C.J. Montez, the returning true sophomore from Pasadena, 
is the leader in the clubhouse out of spring ball. He played great. And then you have the inspirational leader of the bunch, the Rio Rancho High School superstar, Isaiah Chavez. It's going to be so much fun to watch play out over the next month. Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos, he's going to be with us for another segment when we get back. I want to talk to you about the trade market in baseball and basketball and what it's going to take to land some superstars. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Are you ready to make home homier? Get it done with Home Equity. Kirtland Federal Credit Union can help with a home equity loan or line of credit. Learn more at kirtlandfcu.org slash home equity. Kirtland Federal Credit Union. You belong. An equal housing lender. Membership eligibility required. This report is brought to you by Kirtland Federal Credit Union. There's a new rollover accident at Montgomery and Carlisle. Montgomery is backed up all the way to Jefferson. Please let fire and rescue through there. Northbound I-25 at Montgomery is backed up just north of the interchange, and westbound I-40 at the river is slowing at Carlisle. Westbound Paseo backing up from the river to I-25, and there's congestion on all the other river crossings. This message brought to you by Matucci's. Your lunch hour just got better. Matucci's Bar Roma in the heart of Knob Hill offers exceptional Italian cuisine and craft cocktails in an atmosphere designed to impress. Today, mix it up. Make it great. Make it Matucci's. If you see an accident, call the Traffic Tracker Hotline at 767-9167. Brought to you by American Home Furniture and Mattress. Shop in-store or online at AmericanHome.com. They guarantee you'll pay less. I'm Jerry Wright from the 96.3 News Radio KKOB Traffic Center. I'm Aaron Hawksworth here to help you beat the books with BetQL. The Dodgers and Rockies kick off their series today, and the BetQL model thinks we're going to see a lot of runs from these two teams. BetQL has over 12 as a five-star best bet. They have this game projected to have a total of 13 runs. I'm Aaron Hawksworth. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 8 800-815-2554 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-815-2554. That's 800-815-2554. What do you have to lose? Call 800-815-2554. Again, 800-815-2554. What if you could feel better and look better, and it could all start with one phone call? Guys, that's reality. If you call New Mail, it's Jeff Symbieta. And gentlemen, for a while I've been telling you about New Mail, how thousands of men all over the country feel better because they went to New Mail and took care of things like fatigue, depression, even erectile dysfunction. Well, thousands of men are also taking advantage of New Mail's industry-leading hair restoration techniques, hair restoration without side effects. Here's the number. 
505-652-1688 or go to newmail n-u-m-a-l-e.com you have options platelet rich plasma hair therapy that uses your own platelets to stimulate stem cells deep in your hair follicle to stop hair loss and regrow hair they have an fda clear clinical hair restoration laser proven to regrow hair neograft hair transplants producing natural looking results in less than a week with no linear scarring and it works for men and women who want natural thicker hair 505-652-1688 or online at newmail.com. It's summer here in New Mexico, and it's time to be outside having fun with your family and friends. You want to live it up, but it's got to be done safely. This is especially true when it comes to drinking. Don't crash a party, no. If you're drinking, don't be driving. Don't crash a party, Together, don't we can end DWI. Brought to you by NMDOT. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the summer fun sale July 29th through August 8th and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $27.29. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, 35% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only, some exclusion supplies. See store for details. With our newest Unlimited plan, everyone's welcome. Introducing Welcome Unlimited from Verizon for just $30 a line per month for four lines with auto pay plus taxes and fees. Our best priced Unlimited plan ever. Did he say $30? Yep, $30 a line for the whole family. The network you want, the price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Paper-free billing required. Unlimited 5G nationwide 4G LTE. In times of congestion, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. All smartphone lines on the account must be on Welcome Unlimited and are eligible only for select promotions. Includes domestic talk, text, and data usage only. Data roaming at 2G speeds. Don't just friggin' sit there. Get in the game right now at 888-922-0610. Mikey, cut the music. I only got five minutes with my friend Rob joining us on the program. Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy. Um, Put on your GM hat here for a second, Rob. You have a chance to require Kevin Durant or Juan Soto, whether your hat is a NBA or MLB hat, you could t- look me in the eye and tell me that each of these guys are second, third, fourth best player in baseball, and I wouldn't argue with you. What do you do to acquire these guys? Oh, man. So the way everybody talks about Soto, it's it's unique, even, you know, among recent deals for superstar players because he's absolutely in a conversation for the best hitter in baseball. And he's only 23. Crazy. And, and if you trade for him now and you're looking at him helping you for a postseason run this year, right, you get him for two more years. So that's three playoffs, basically, if you're one of the top teams and you're dealing for a guy that – is going to be super expensive to sign once this contract is up, but that's a good run, a good run, excuse me, with a player who's just just entering his prime, like he's on the front end of his prime. So that's unique. Um, I don't know. And then and then you look at the Nationals and the way that they dealt Turner and Scherzer, and of course players at different 
points in their career, certainly last year, but um, if you could get that kind of deal for this guy, uh, I think you have to do it. Um, the, the Kevin Durant thing is interesting, too, because of the, the remaining length of his contract means that you could have him for a while, I think four years, right? Inclu- yes. Including the one coming up. So, yeah. um, obviously, top five player in, in basketball, if not top three, and, and historically one of the all-time greats. But right. you're, you're rolling the dice there. I mean, in terms of the, the injury history, um, gosh, if, if I'm Boston – and I can get KD without giving up both Brown and Smart, plus all the picks. They're supposedly going to, you know, they've got three picks they could give them, and then there's a couple that they do a pick swap, right? Because you, this is, you're talking about a generational player in Durant. I'm not giving up both Brown and Smart. I'm not doing it. I'm not changing the entire roster, which was so close to winning it all, um, for a player whose availability has been an issue. Right, I mean, for the last several years. So, uh, but if I could do it, just giving up Brown, and then I get to pair him with Tatum, and I still keep Smart, so my defense is still elite. And yeah, I I, I got to do it. So then it becomes who's got the most leverage and uh, who's willing to play chicken long enough. Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. It's leverage, and you know, playing chicken. It's it's when you get into the serious negotiations of a trade. It's it's always end up being like a Mexican standoff. Who's going to wait the longest? Like, <laughs> like for Juan Soto, if you're confident that you can sign him to an extension, whether it's a few years at a record-breaking number or a epically uh, over a decade-long contract, you have to acquire that guy. You give them every prospect you ever heard of. You just give them a whole double-A team. It doesn't matter because these guys don't grow on trees, and you never know what you have with the prospect, right? Amen, brother. Amen. And you look at the prospects that they gave up. I was just reading about it a, re- you know, a little while ago. The prospects that the Nationals gave up, uh, or I should say the Nationals gained in giving up Scherzer and Turner last year, totally doable. Like – if you're the Padres and you have a chance to get a generational talent and it transforms your team from competitive to title contender for the next half decade or longer, you're the Padres. You've been essentially on the fringe of irrelevant for so long, and now you've got this great young team, and you can pair him with Tatis, who's going to come back eventually. Heck yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I agree completely. It's a little different in NBA when you have to move – all-stars for all-stars but if you give like your best five prospects whatever we don't know if they're going to be good in five years anyway go crazy you know bird in the hand is uh better than two in the bush uh rob portnoy voice of your unm lobos Uh, i'm excited to talk to you more about this coming season uh really appreciate you coming on and uh missed you buddy hey it was a blast Get that sweet deal right now with Cumulus for Lobo football tickets. Do it. Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy. When we get back, we're going from great voice to great voice. As voice of the isotopes, Josh Sushan joins us. We're talking a little baseball. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. 
You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 The Sports Animal. We are now joined by the voice of your Albuquerque Isotopes, Josh Sushan. How goes it, buddy? It's going good, man. How about you? Uh, good, because I love runs, and the Isotopes are scoring them in bunches, putting up 15 spots back-to-back. Yeah, how about that? Not, not only 15 back-to-back, but it was 12, 15, and then 15. So here's the thing. We have this um, new promotion here, uh, the Taco 10 promotion, where if the Topes score 10 or more runs in home game, then fans get two free tacos, right? Sure. There is literally a 50-50 chance that you are getting free tacos this year <laughs> because there has been, let me get this right, 34 home games played, and 17 times out of those 34 games, we have scored 10 runs or more. But tickets just pay for themselves in tacos. Now, here's the thing. You just got to stay to the end, right? You can't go tapping out in the sixth inning. But, I mean, you want to stay to the end anyways. Sure. Because it's the Pacific Coast League, and you never know what's going to happen in the end. So, yeah, you literally have a 50-50 chance of, of getting free tacos when you come out to the ballpark. But um, in terms of this recent run, three straight games, that has happened eight times in team history. There has never been a time in Isotopes history in which they have scored 10 or more runs in four consecutive games. Oh. So you're saying there's a chance for tonight. Hey, Vital, do you like salami? <laughs> he is from I like Wisconsin. Italian sausage. He likes Italian sausage. But I know who likes salami, and they like the grand salami version is the Isotopes. Just set with 50 games left. Your Isotopes has set a record for most grand slams in a season. How infectious is this, Josh? That's a good word, by the way. Infectious, I like that word. I I do think that hitting becomes contagious, both good hitting, bad hitting, hitting with the bases loaded, whether it's getting a runner over to advance, whether it's driving in a run with two outs. I, I do believe that all of that stuff is contagious. And when you see your teammates do something, it reminds you it can be done. And it's I want to keep doing it. I want to follow their lead. So, to hit 10 grand slams in 95 games is unheard of. I mean, literally, the Isotopes have never done it before in 18 previous seasons. And then to hit 10 in 95 games is really something. There's been one grand slam in each of the last three games. You know, shoot, we had a series against Tacoma earlier this year where we hit three during a six-game series, and I thought, man, that is a lot. We're two for two against Las Vegas, and we still got four more games to go. You know, Here so, we go. Here we go. LFG, Topes. Yeah. Are you are you running out of ways to call grand slams? Are you digging through the crates? Are you digging through the well here? How do you are you inventing new ways to call grand slams? <laughs> well, there's only so many ways that you can do it, anyways, right? So I think the short answer is yes. I've run out of ways to, in order to describe it. You know, um, it's fun. You know, when when someone comes to the plate, and now it's like you almost start getting cocky. You know, and you just start to get like, wait, someone didn't hit a grand slam. They only had a three run double. You know, what's wrong with them? <laughs> All right, are there any items that you're going to bid on on Saturday the 30th at the lab in the Breaking Bad memorabilia in-stadium auction? Well, there's a few items that I really like, but I don't have the money Ah. for any of those items, like the boots of um, the the Cousins. Yeah. Like, that just looks – like, those just look amazing. But I know that I won't come close to to, (laughs) to, to getting that, right? So – I, like what's the? I think the opening, yeah, the opening bid is outside of my budget, so <laughs> that's not going to happen. So I'm just kind of hoping that I can, um, you know, 
finagle Brian Cranston or Aaron Paul into coming up to the booth at some time during the broadcast and, and being able to talk with them and snag a photo with them, and that would make me incredibly happy. All right, you heard that there, Albuquerque. You know what to get Josh for Christmas. (laughs) He wants some Mexican uh, pointy boots. Get this man some boots. There's no giveaways tonight except for you get a 50-50 chance at tacos. But Friday night, not only are the boys at the park, but you're giving away some beer steins. You got your eyes on these guys yet? Oh, yeah. You know, that that's one of our most popular promotions. We've done beer steins a number of times over the years, a number of different, like, styles of it. And, I mean, those are always just a huge hit. And I know that they're also a huge hit because when someone says, like, hey, you know, can, 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 you, can you get one of those for me if they don't make the game? Um, and I have a bunch of them at my house that I use, and they're great. They're functional, and they look great. They look good on a shelf. They look good to use. They're really good to use with the beer inside it. So, yeah, that's, that's a good one coming up on Friday. Beer Stein is my favorite Stein. My second favorite Stein is Ben Stein. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember the show Win Ben Stein's uh, of Money? Of course. Wasn't that a lot of fun? Absolutely. And he was the clear eyes guy for a while. Like, whoever thought that he would uh, make that kind of living out of being a mathematician with a, a really dull voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who's on the hill tonight? Well, I have some breaking news for you. Oh, you ready? Okay. The tarp is getting put on the field right now. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even look at the weather. I thought it was supposed to be clear. Well, I thought so, too. Um, we were about to put the tarp on the field about an hour ago, and then, as it turned out, it never rained. We didn't need to. So the tarp is getting rolled out right now. So if it is 35 or 40 minutes before the start of the game and the tarp is just now being put on the field, I don't like our chances of starting on time. Now, that's not official. We'll see. Sure. We'll see what the uh, what the forecast looks like, and that decision will probably get made within the next 15, 20 minutes. Um but the point is, the tarp is being put on the infield right now, and so we'll see what that means from a weather standpoint for, um, for tonight's game and tonight's broadcast. What does amateur meteorologist Josh Sushan think about the weather tonight? Just a little uh, blowover? I think that we're going to play nine innings at some point. Yeah, baby. Okay, so there's a little bit of rain that's just starting to come down right now. Um, as the tarp is getting placed on the field. Um, I don't think it's going to – I mean, look, everyone can look at the radar. And, like it, We're going to play nine innings tonight. Whether or not we're going to start at 635 and end it roughly two hours and 45 minutes later, we'll see. Uh, that's not looking very good right now. But we're going to play nine innings at some point. So but, come on out and, and, and have fun. This isn't Seattle rain. This is Albuquerque rain. <laughs> that's right. And this is like a little sprinkle that's going to blow over and everything's going to be fine, right? Yes. That's what we're hoping for. Who's on the pregame? The pregame show features the newest member of the Isotopes. His name is PJ Poulin. He Ooh. just joined us from Double A Hartford. He looked good in his Triple A debut. He's a uh, he's a New England guy. He grew up in New England. He played on the Cape. In fact, when this is a fun little tidbit, when when he was a kid, his parents used to host families in the Cape Cod League, and one of those host players made the major leagues and is in the major leagues he like a future major leaguer lived with him when he was a kid and then he played in the cape and now and now he's in the rockies and now he's a triple a super likely gonna play nine innings tonight maybe slightly after six thirty-five, says uh amateur weatherman josh sushan but anyways get out there support your dudes we're gonna put up a 10 spot give you with some free tacos right Sounds good. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, I mean that's what we normally do. I mean that, that if history is uh, is the, any indicator of the future, that's that happens a lot. 
And we're about 20 short minutes away from Josh Sushan's pregame, so check that out and check out your Albuquerque isotopes tonight. Talk to you tomorrow, Josh. All right, sounds good. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. We're hitting the 6 o'clock hour, two hours in the books. You got me for X amount of time. We don't know how long we're going to be here because the tarp's on the field at the Tope Stadium. So we're just in limbo over here, not knowing what's going on. But I tell you what, I'm going to sit right here with you and talk some sports and sports-adjacent content. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. For all your real estate needs, whether you are buying or selling or renting or you want to go into the real estate industry, John Lopez of John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy is your guy. The kind of things that he does for the community with his limited free time. This is a busy dude. Like, there are not a lot of dudes who are busier than Josh Lopez. Great dad, volunteers everywhere. Throws galas, raises money for nonprofits. And he's a coach. Shout out to John Lopez. Shout out to the New York Yankees. The rich get richer. Is sloppy seconds with Cardinals Matt Carpenter not enough for you? Is rubbing sticks together and looking for four-leaf clovers, and hoping that Joey Gallo can put the ball in play? Is that not enough for you? Is Yankees legend Aaron Hicks, who's been an above-average ball player for a long time, does not get the credit he deserved? Is that not enough for you? The two best power hitters in baseball, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, is that, is that not enough? Is that not enough for you? Is that still not enough? New York Yankees go out and grab Kansas City Royals' Andrew Benintendi, who is an all-star in his own right. I mean, he's a, when I think about like old-school baseball players, he's the guy. He'll smack a couple home runs for you, a lot of doubles, runs the base as well, gets a lot of triples, plays elite-level defense, the dude's just like a baseball player. You could stick Andrew Benintendi in any generation of baseball, and he's going to make your team. Dude's a baseball player. Welcome to the New York Yankees, Andrew Benintendi. I mean, who knows what they're going to do next? They're going to go after Cincinnati Reds, Luis Castillo. They're going to go after some other starting pitchers. Their starting pitching's been great. But they got a lot of question marks. Nasty Nestor Cortez. How long can he go? Garrett Cole's a stud, of course. You just plug him in. That don't matter. But after those two, they got a lot of question marks. Montgomery, he's a question mark. He hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't been a consistent player. So the Yankees get a bat. And they're still looking for some pitching. But guess who has some pitching? Who has an excess of pitching? My Houston Astros. 
and the Astros are reportedly willing to listen to offers on controllable starting pitching. Astros got seven starters that can go, and they got an eighth one, Lance McCullers Jr., coming off the IL soon. So somebody's going to lose out in this situation. And some of these young guys, these controllable young guys, they're out of options. So someone's not going to make it. Either you're going to trade somebody, demote somebody, or send somebody to the bullpen. And it looks to me that you got to do it with two guys. you got to trade one, and then you got to send somebody to the bullpen out of the quatrain of Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, Jake Odorizzi, and the person I doubt moves is Framber Valdez. Out of these guys, two of them got to go. There's not enough room. And you can't trade your young studs to your opponent. So the Yankees are going to have to get their starting pitchers from somewhere else. What the Astros need is a bat. We're talking MLB trade deadline because the uh, next Tuesday is the MLB trade deadline. There's going to be a lot of movement. And there's going to be a lot of sellers. Are the Red Sox going to be a seller? Do they think they could turn it on? Red Sox got a lot of pieces. Red Sox got a lot of veterans that can play who are on expiring contracts. If the Red Sox don't go on a winning streak right here and prove to their front office that they can go on a run and make the playoffs, they're going to be sellers. I mean, that's what I would do if I was the Red Sox because they don't have the core right now. I would keep Raphael Devers, sign him to an extension, keep Xander Bogarts, sign him to an extension, and blow up everything else. Get rid of literally everyone else and start from scratch because the Red Sox can spend money. The Red Sox can spend money with the Yankees and the Dodgers so they can reboot as fast as they want. Cleveland, they're still hanging on. I thought Cleveland was going to have a down year. They moved some pieces last year, but here they are again doing more with less. Cleveland is like the working class Rays. Cleveland is like the Midwest Rust Belt Rays. They just keep reloading, making little small moves, and boom, here they are again in the playoff hunt. Cleveland's two games back the wild card. They're probably going to be buyers. Can the Red Sox go on a run? Because if not, Red Sox need to sell everything that's not tied down and keep their young core. Big disappointment in Chi-Town this year for your White Sox. I mean, who do, who do you think is going to move? Like, loyal listener, who's, who's your name? I think the Angels will be insane to move Shohei Otani. He's only got a year left, and he's going to demand a king's ransom in the market. Every year, this is my stance, and I'm sticking to it, every year that Shohei Otani is healthy and plays a full season, he should be the MVP. He is the only person on the planet who can do what he does, pitching and hitting and on the base paths. And if the Angels were dumb enough to put him in the field every night, he'd probably be the best outfielder or first baseman too. 
you can't the kind of attention that you receive for having Shohei Otani on your team, it's priceless. You can just print money with a guy like Shohei Otani. You have the whole Asian market cornered just by having this guy on your team. Billions of more people than baseball fans and United States and Canada and Mexico and the Caribbean to a very smaller extent Europe. There might be more baseball fans in Asia just by sheer numbers because of Shohei Artani than there are baseball fans here where it is America's pastime. And quit yelling at your stereo. I know NFL's America's pastime. But baseball was called America's pastime first. So get over yourself. Seattle Mariners, are they going to make some moves? Because they're in the run. These poor Mariners. Mariners rattle off 14 wins in a row and then get swept by the first place Astros. So Seattle Mariners were 13 and a half games back. Win 14 straight games. Lose three. And then they're 13 games back. After a 14-game winning streak and then three straight losses, they only gained half a game in the AL West. So you figure if they're going to try to contend, something's got to give there. they got to make some moves. You know Oakland's going to be a seller. You know Kansas City's going to be a seller. It's fastly looking like Boston is going to be a seller. Washington, all the Juan Soto talk. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago, they're going to be sellers. Our Arizona and Colorado, Rockies and Diamondbacks, are they going to throw in the towel? They're fighting for it. They're both within striking distance of the wild card. Are they going to throw in the towel and try to give up pieces? Everybody in the NL Central who's not Milwaukee or St. Louis needs to just blow it up completely. That is an embarrassing division in baseball. There's close to zero competition in the NL Central. should be ashamed of yourself. That Chicago market and that Chicago money and how hardcore Chicago fans are, you've got to be kidding me that you're running that into the ground again. You're just perennial contenders with multiple MVP candidates on your team, and now you have the same record as the Pittsburgh Pirates? That's embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourself, Chicago Cubs. But it's the Yankees' world. It's the Dodgers' world. Everyone else is just living in it. They're going to get whatever they want. If you're the Yankees or Dodgers, it does not matter that you have a farm system. It does not matter that you have all these prospects because you could pay for anyone. If you're coming up in the Yankees or Dodgers organization and you're listening to sports radio right now in Albuquerque for some reason, besides this being the most entertaining and informative sports-adjacent show in the history of radio, Hey, young man playing for the Yankees or Dodgers, you're never going to play for the Yankees or Dodgers. They are training you. They are developing you to be trade bait. 
So everyone in the Dodgers and Yankees organization who isn't named Derek Jeter, welcome to the Kansas City Royals. Welcome to the Oakland Athletics. Welcome to the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because you're never going to be a Dodger or Yankee sport. It's raining at the lab, so you get a bonus segment with me and Josh Sushan. We're going to talk a little more baseball or, you know, whatever else he wants to talk about. Josh Sushan, when we get back, you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Coming in hot. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're in the John Lopez Real Estate and Cowell Banker Legacy Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA, and we end our days at Hollow Spirits. Every weekend, we are sipping on that watermelon walk-off made by Teller Vodka, New Mexico's vodka. Josh Sushan joins us again as they are in a weather delay, potential weather delay, at Tope Stadium. Did you grab like a watermelon walk-off or like a mariachi margarita when you got to wait like this, Josh? Oh, come on. You're just going to just tease me like that? (laughs) Trying to uphold some professional standards around here. It's not easy, and you're not making it any easier. I'm terribly sorry. The Teller teller pre-made cocktails that you can get up at the lab are just so delicious. You know, if if you ever see the boys on Friday as every homestand – Two Men On is live from the lab, you'll notice we always have one of those in front of us that we slowly sip on throughout the show and don't aggressively imbibe on at all whatsoever. What's the, what's the prognosis right now, Josh? What are we looking at? Tarp still down? Yeah, prognosis is tarp is on the field. It is raining lightly right now. It's not too heavy, but it's raining lightly. And it's probably going to rain for about another 30 minutes. And then looking at the radar, once that cell passes, it doesn't look like anything else is behind it. So we should be good to go at that point. The infield was all prepared. Lines have been chalked. All of, so the field's ready to go. So at this point, it's just a matter of once it stops raining, get the tarp off the field, squeegee the water into the areas where it drains, let the starting pitchers get stretched and warmed up, and you're going to play ball. So obviously we're not starting at 635. And, um, you know, usually as a rule of thumb, from the time that the tarp starts getting taken off the field, it's about 30 minutes from there. You know, between field maintenance, starting pitchers have to have their time to get ready. It's roughly 30 minutes from there. So I don't think it's going to be a lengthy delay. I hope it's not going to be a very lengthy delay. I don't want to be here all night. And the way the isotopes are swinging the bats, I want them to be swinging it as soon as possible. But, uh, I mean, I'm confident we can play nine, but we'll see, you know. We're, hey, it's monsoon season, so we're always, we're always at the mercy of Mother Nature this time of year. Yeah, Nuevo Mexicano, Bracano, I mean, we should be totally uh, used to this by now. This is the only time of year that it rains. Why are we surprised that we get a little rain this, type of year, uh, this time of year? Speaking of raining, contenders are about to make it rain prospects as next Tuesday's trade deadline is looming. Let's take Juan Soto out of the equation, Josh. Who do you think, besides Juan Soto, is the prize of this trade deadline? I think it's Luis Castillo of the Reds. Agree. I I think that he's the prize. Although I also feel like there's... 
the last couple of years, it feels like someone's gotten traded that you didn't really think was going to get traded, right? Like Max Scherzer, right? Like that one's like, whoa, really? Yeah. Scherzer's getting traded, right? And um, so I think, you know, the fact that the trading deadline is on a Tuesday and a lot of teams have Monday off, I feel like Monday is going to be like a like a frantic day. Um, it, it's also interesting because because of the extra wild card spots that are available, that means that more teams have a chance. But at the same time, there's some teams that, like the Giants, for example, like the Giants have a pretty decent chance at at, at a wild card, but they've lost seven in a row. I mean, right. they are just, I mean, they're falling apart. So three weeks ago, definitely a month ago, the Giants looked like a team that was probably looking to add, right? I mean, they're coming off a 100-plus win season last year, all that. And now you look at the Giants, and you're like, well, maybe they're going to be sellers now, right? And then you look at some other teams that, you know, that have just kind of moved up or moved down. I, I don't think anyone knows what the Rockies are going to do. Like, conventional right. wisdom is that the Rockies are going to be sellers, right? I mean, they're nine games under five they They're drastically worse on the road. They're in last place. But whenever you read the quotes from management – Rockies feel like you know we want to we want to maybe add you know so so who knows what's going to happen with the Rockies you know but you know teams like the A's teams like um, the Reds the Pirates maybe the Diamondbacks um, you know then the whole Angels thing is interesting I don't think Otani's going to go anywhere I think that'd be crazy if he That's went anywhere foolish right right um, obviously the Royals are in trade mode I read something today that the Tigers pretty much everyone is available on the Tigers the White Sox are another one where. I mean, they should be adding because, you know, they're not that far out of it. But at the same time, they, you know, they're only three games out of first, but they play terrible this year. They've been a massive disappointment. Um, I, I have a feeling that there's a lot of teams that are I – mean, there's all these buzzwords around the trading deadline, right? You know, I, I read this great story in The Athletic about all, all these different, like, phrases that you always hear the executives say. But I actually do think there's a lot of teams that are going to try to both buy and sell, that they're going to see if they can move this salary and then, and then add this salary – you know, I don't think it's going to just be um, 100% prospects for current stars shedding salaries. I think there's going to be a, a lot of in-between there stuff, too. Yeah, I agree. And I, I love this type of this time of year. I love the off-season, the speculation where people are going to sign, when's the big, the, the big deals in the off-season. But, like, the MLB trade deadline is so exciting every year because by far, not even close, is there the most movement in baseball so many people's lives so many teams are altered in the span of a week leading up to the trade deadline and here we are five days away and there's not a lot of movement and like you said i mean most people have monday off like there's going to be just a flood of deals on monday as people they get the time to analyze these trades, what people are giving up, what the market looks like this year, and then boom, you're going to see a huge flurry on Monday and Tuesday morning. And like, of course, I know you're a baseball dork. You got you got one toe in all the time, no matter if you're covering the isotopes or what. But are are you like a MLB trade rumors refresher guy? Are you looking at CBS Sports? Where do you get your data from? To, yeah, to, definitely MLB trade rumors. Yeah, that, that that's a big one. Um, you know, obviously Twitter too is, is another one. Um, I, I think there was some year, this was probably seven or eight years ago, when the trading deadline occurred while I was on the air. 
And so I literally was updating MLB trade rumors and, like, announcing trades as they got posted on MLB trade rumors, like, between pitchers, you know, and constantly refreshing between innings just to see what's going to happen. Um, I also think it's really fun from a AAA standpoint because anytime someone is a really good player and they're not in the starting lineup, and all of a sudden it, like, feeds the fire. I remember there was, yeah, it was with Jock Peterson in 2014. Jock just happened to get a day off around the trading deadline. And I remember that sent off this feeding frenzy in Los Angeles and around uh, the rest of the, like, oh, Jock's getting traded. You know, the Dodgers are doing, like, this big thing. And as it turned out, he was just getting a standard day off. So minor league managers can really mess with people if they decide to give somebody a day off or especially if someone gets scratched oh no he just has a hamstring issue or something but even if he is scratched because of a hamstring well then that becomes like a storyline too you know somebody leaves a game you know and they start hugging their teammates sure. in the dugout in the middle yeah. of the, in the middle of the game then that creates like an interesting set of drama we've had lots of times where a player gets traded and the, the new team's affiliate is also playing the isotope so they basically just walk across the field to their new teammates and just set up camp in the other team's uh, clubhouse so that kind of stuff is um, is amusing to us and it's fun but at the same time guys lives totally upended this time of year i mean it's crazy not just for the players but for their wives for their kids for you know their apartments their leases all of that it is it it is it's fun for us but i'm sure it's got to be very chaotic and stressful for the players it's bonkers like the amount of movement every year compared to i mean you could say baseball versus all the other sports combined what has more movement i'm pretty sure baseball still comes ahead Oh, for sure. I mean, but that's also because of minor league baseball, right? I mean, yeah. the NBA has its G League, but it's not like you're it's not like you're developing players in the G League and they're being used as trade bait for Kevin Durant, right? The salaries have to even out in the NBA. And the NFL's minor league system is college football. Major League Baseball is a totally different scenario where you've got four different minor leagues plus the complex leagues. You've got over 100 players in your minor league system, close to 150 players in your minor league system that are potential trade bait. And and because the Cubs did it and because the Astros did it, a, a lot of other teams now think, oh, that's what we have to do or that's what we need to do. And, and there's enough teams that have tanked successfully across all sports that it's like their fans want them to do it. Right. You know, in the past when, when your team tanked, and I remember I was in college in San Diego when the Padres had their fire sale and got rid of everybody except for Tony Gwynn. And it was complete outrage that they did this. Um, nowadays, like Rockies fans are upset that the Rockies don't have a fire sale. I mean, yeah, that goes right? to show like how much how much sports fans is thinking have changed is that if your team stinks now then it's like trade everybody let's just start all over again Benintendi goes to the Yankees this to me is more an indictment against Joey Gallo than it is a compliment to Andrew Benintendi while he's a, a great baseball player you know I was talking earlier how Andrew Benintendi's the type of guy you could just pick up and drop off at any era of baseball and he's a baseball player. But this is like you're having your doubts about your own players, so you reach out and get a suitable replacement over, hey, he's our guy. That's who we wanted this whole time. You got that same feeling? Yeah, you know, and and I like what you said about Benintendi, and that's really accurate because he's not a guy who hits a lot of home runs. He's not a guy who strikes out a lot. He's a guy who puts the ball in play, right? Right. And and whenever you have those guys who just make contact and put the ball in play, they're going to they're gonna work across any era. Um, I'm curious to see, look, left-handed hitters, the old Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, they hit more home runs there. It's, it's, there's a reason why left-handers thrive there, right, the short porch and all that. Right. So I'm curious to see if he will. Or I'm also always curious if, 
You know, organizations have different philosophies for, for their hitting coaches and overall. And whether they say, hey, you know, we notice this about you. If you do this to your swing, then maybe you'll hit more home runs. And then sometimes they just leave them alone and just let them do what they do. Um, you know, I was reading up on, on the players that the Royals got. And I always think it's interesting, too, for the team that is selling off their players, whether they want one really, really good player or whether they want multiple hopefully good players right like i remember when the giants acquired carlos beltron this must have been 2014 2015 somewhere in there and uh, and they just gave up one player and it turned out to be zach wheeler and i remember it was interesting it was like wait really it's a one for one but that's how good of a prospect wheeler was and i remember talking to gms when i was um, a newspaper reporter and they're like you know when you offer up scenarios most of the time, the team that is that is trading away players, they don't want just a whole bunch of guys that they hope will work out. They want sure. one or two where they feel really good about that. For sure. And so that's why I think it's interesting when you look at who comes back in these in these trades, especially if you get into Soto and guys like that. It's raining at the lab, so we got a little downtime with voice of the Isotopes, Josh Sushan. More Josh when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Sprinkling at the lab. Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park, a.k.a. the lab. So you get bonus time with Josh Sushan. I feel so honored. Well, I get extra bonus time with you. Well, that's one way to look at it. We get to talk more baseball. And you know how much I love to talk baseball. Let's 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 be serious here. So earlier when we were talking trade deadline, I said let's not talk about Juan Soto and look at the rest of the market. Now let's look at Juan Soto. All right, because this is a prize. This is a once in a lifetime franchise altering trade that you just have to give up. Every asset you got, if you have a chance to trade for this guy and you're the GM, you just go for it. Right, Josh? Yeah, you know, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, you know, th- there's a handful of times in the history of baseball where, where teams have made a trade that they regret because of the young players that they gave up. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Ryan Sandberg is one, is one of the main ones. Right. Um, you know, the. So that that's one of the big ones, um, you know. the The Red Sox traded Jeff Bagwell in order to get a, a relief pitcher named Larry Anderson. Remember that, that one? Yeah, I remember that one. And um, you know, and so you kind of get shell shock when you give up, you know, a future star, a future All Star, let alone you know, um, you know, a future Hall of Famer. And, and so that's what that's what scares GMs about that. But. Overall, I mean, look, baseball is all about the percentages. You, you play an infield shift because of the percentages. And so you look at the number of times that prospects pan out and turn out to be this versus right. the times that they don't. Um, and you're talking about a, a known commodity in Juan Soto. I agree with you. You know, I mean, you, you can't trade all 20 of your best prospects, but if, why not trade five of the top eight? If you know that Soto can make that much of a difference. Or the top five, or the top eight. (laughs) Whatever you can legally get rid of, get me Juan Soto. Yeah. How many generational talents do you have in your organization? They're like, this guy's untouchable. Like, for a few years, the Astros, their guy was Kyle Tucker. He's going to be an all-star for a long time. I get it. But he's the exception, not the rule. Not every organization has a guy 
where you know that they're going to be that good for a long time. You already know Juan Soto and his talent and his age. This is completely unprecedented. This hasn't happened in almost 20 years since when the Marlins got rid of Miguel Cabrera. Like, I mean, to me, in the last, in a year that began in two, that's the only example you have of this Juan Soto deal right now is Miguel Cabrera. Because you got to just give everyone away for a guy like Miguel Cabrera. And though it didn't pan out for Miguel Cabrera in championships and World Series trophies, he's a Hall of Famer. And I think Juan Soto has that same trajectory. Yeah, the Tigers don't regret what they gave up for Miguel Cabrera. Sure. Right? Like, not, not at all. Um, the Dodgers don't regret what they gave up for Mookie Betts. You know, Dodgers don't give up, don't regret what they gave up for Max Scherzer last year, right? Right. And and I think that the other part is, it, it it's still a business, right? I was in Los Angeles when the Dodgers traded for Manny Ramirez, and that was one of those just like fluke upon flukes where it just fell into their lap that because Manny and the Red Sox were were at odds, and the Red Sox just wanted to get rid of him, and the Red Sox. Um, were willing to eat his salary, and the Dodgers had to do it that way because Frank and Jamie McCourt were going through their divorce, and they basically didn't have the money. And so somehow, the Do- not only did the Dodgers get Manny Ramirez, but they also you know, didn't have to pay for his salary either. And then, so they gave up some players, and, and there was a time that, that people looked back on, oh, my goodness, you gave up this guy, you gave up that guy. And like, well, we got Manny Ramirez. You know how many tickets he sold? Right? You know how much that yeah. increased advertising? Do you know how many more Dodger dogs got bought? Um, how much more money they made in the parking lot because right. they got Manny Ramirez? And so even from a business standpoint, getting one of the best players of his generation, like the, what that can do to your ticket sales, what that does to your advertising, what that does to everything. Um, you know, like I, I saw some headline the other – it was probably today where it said, like, what the Nationals asking price is is insane and astronomical. And I'm thinking, it should be. Yes. It should be that. Yes. <laughs> you know, if I'm the Nationals GM, I'm saying, yes, I want your top five prospects. Okay, then I want four of your top six. Right? That's what they should get back. And also, teams should give that up because of who he is. Look, even – got to give up the farm for Juan Soto even on a two-and-a-half-year rental. With, yes. With no guarantee – of signing some mega million deal, uh, dollar deal to keep him with your franchise for years and years to come. Just two and a half years of Moan Soto is worth that much to me. To me, on paper, it seems like the best fit is the Padres. It looks like the, the Cardinals are in the mix. And, of course, Dodgers, Yankees, like every year, you know, they're, they're looking to compile stars. For me... With the pieces the Padres have and their culture and their makeup and uh, the GM's willingness to go all in, it seems like it's Padres' trade scenario to lose here. How do you feel? Yeah, you know, A.J. Preller's their GM, like you said, and, yeah. and he is aggressive. He is not. He does not care about trading away prospects. Like he, he has no fear when it comes to that. And you've seen that, the way that they built their roster. I mean, it feels like for the last five years – Whenever the isotopes have played the El Paso Chihuahuas, that's the Padres AAA affiliate, yeah. you say, oh, man, this guy's a prospect, this guy's a prospect. You look at all these guys. None of those guys are with the Padres, or very few of them are with the Padres. They're with the Indians. Uh, there was one point when there was more El Paso Chihuahuas with the Cleveland now Guardians than with the San Diego Padres because A.J. Preller's like, I'll trade him. Like, <laughs> yeah. bring it on. Uh-huh. Like, give me a, the established major leaguer. I know what I'm getting. So 
it's not going to be because he doesn't try when it comes to Soto, put it that way. Um, but does he have enough pieces between, like, you know the Nationals want, they don't want guys at single A, right? They want guys at triple A, guys who are already in the big leagues, maybe a, a super stud who's at double A who's getting ready to go to triple A. You know they want, you know, ready guys who are close to the major leagues, very close to the major leagues. And whether or not the Padres have enough of that, we'll see. Um you know, it becomes very, and then a lot of times it comes down to just the relationship with the GMs. A couple of GMs just don't like each other. They just don't speak, you know, the same language. They just, you know, they got some sort of personality things where they just don't like each other. It ain't going to happen, you know. Um, but then you have other GMs that, you know, they just, they they evaluate players the same way, you know. And so and then maybe you get a better fit there. I've literally had production meetings where I was told to keep my dorky baseball fandom off of this program. You better talk more sports-adjacent content. You better talk more football. But if I got bonus time with Josh <laughs> Sushan, voice of the isotopes, you better believe we're going to be breaking down some MLB. How's the weather looking right now? Well, so right now the three umpires are standing behind the screen behind home plate with the top two groundskeepers for the isotopes, along with general manager John Traub and manager Warren Schaefer. Uh, uh, Schaefer and Trump are walking over to uh, this group of five, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the Las Vegas manager Fran Reardon comes and joins them. They're they're all looking at their phones and they're all some sort of radar that they're looking at and having discussions here about what things are looking like. Um, you know, we were supposed to start six minutes ago. The tarp was placed on the field just before six. It has not been a heavy rain, but it's been enough of a rain where you really couldn't start the game. It's the type of rain where once you're already out there, you could have probably played through it but you, you just can't start a game when it's raining right it's, sure. it's just not fair to the starting pitchers it's not fair to the pitching coaches it's, it's not fair to the players to start a game when it's raining um and so now it just becomes a waiting game of you know new mexico monsoon season and what the weather's going to do and you know is there another pop-up storm that's behind these that we had and what does it look like and um you know so i'm sure that's what all of them are discussing right now and we will uh We'll see what they all come to the conclusion of at some point. Sports animal fans, if you just joined us looking for a little isotope action, they are on a rain delay, and it is TBD. Uh, we had Josh Susan join us for two bonus segments talking some baseball. I really enjoyed that. I hope you did too, friend of the show. When we get back, we're going to do one more segment. We'll do a couple quick hitters with me and Mike Vital, and then 7 o'clock it goes to national programming until Josh Susan. And the isotopes are ready to start rocking. Josh, thanks for joining me, man. A little My bonus pleasure, time. Man. That was fun. Yep. Let's. Uh, I would say let's do it again, but that would involve rain. So let's not do it again, but let's just keep talking baseball. Hey, whenever you want to do it off the clock with a, a Teller watermelon walk-off and talk baseball, I am 100% in. Josh Susan, voice of the isotopes. Thanks again, my friend. You're welcome. Thank you. More two men on when we get back. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610 D sports animal i didn't recognize this song this is kind of a banger I thought it I'd... is called bishop briggs and wild horses i thought you'd like it i pulled okay. it out of my own arsenal Ooh, bishop briggs okay i thought it was like the beginning of a commercial when it came in i was like oh oh never mind we got one more commercial then we're up and then that beat came in i was like no that's dj mikey v coming in Welcome back to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. 
Have you ever been to Hollow Spirits, friend of the show? If you haven't, I highly suggest you do. Great food, great drink, great service, a really cool atmosphere. They just built a brand new double-decker patio. You can overlook downtown, see the Sandias from up there. And then speaking of being up there, there's a whiskey and cigar night, August 18th. It's usually the third Thursday, if you want to plan ahead to the month after. 50 bucks gets you two cigars and whiskey pairings, plus some snacks. I've been to one, and it's really super cool. I used to go to cigar bars when I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I loved them. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. They pair whatever type of cigar they have. They pair the whiskey with the cigar. It's really cool. Plus, you get to sit up on the, the second floor. And following on 821, there's a bartending class. And we, we give these admission to these classes away, to whiskey cigar night and bartending classes. We give away gift certificates to these at the New Mexico United watch parties at Hollow Spirits. Every time New Mexico United is on the road, we have a lot of fun over there, have a lot of giveaways at Hollow Spirits. But next bartending class is $8.21, $35 a person. Learn how to make some drinks, and uh, you get to drink them afterwards. See, you would make a good bartender. I would propose you have a... You know, second hustle, you'd be a good bartender. Well, thanks for that. I am an experienced bartender. Oh, are you? You've yeah, done it before then, Yeah. Huh? My You've got a license and all. Early and mid-20s, I did some bartending. I was like the gun for hire. I worked at like three different bars, and if like somebody called in and I didn't have anything going on, I'd go work at their bar. And I've uh, moonlighted at a couple restaurants and bars and... Yeah, I, I, now see, I would I would tip you as if you were my bartender. Oh, thank you, sir. That's nice. Because you'd be good at that. I would be te- I would making I'd be making very quality drinks and telling very horrible jokes. <laughs> That's kind of what I do here. That's right. From the text line, Aaron Chisholm, who I spoke about in the very opening segment, sent her and yes, he the Hispano Chamber a shout out because she had an amazing event. At Chisholm Trail RV. If you're in the market for an RV, whether it's new or used or lease or fifth wheel or basically anything on wheels that you could sleep in, they have what's there for you. Check them out. Chisholm Trail RV. What Aaron Chisholm does for the community is absolutely amazing. We love her. Anytime she puts a spotlight on something, Two Men On is always there to help. I like our Packers' chances yet again. Vital, I know you love your Packers. You love you some Aaron Rodgers. Real quick before we go to break and we turn it over, do you think it matters that he doesn't have a top-shelf grade-A wide receiver like Devontae Adams anymore? No, I don't because of the, the players. He's been doing this for a long time, and he's always developed those players. Devante speaking earlier this week talking about the fact that you know he'll go from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another but uh, Devante sees a lot of potential with with uh, the Raiders and he said he didn't see much of a future the Packers getting back and winning a Super Bowl and that's he talked about that uh, a week ago when they opened training camp or over the weekend when the Raiders opened training camp I thought that was kind of interesting because Rodgers makes winners out of everybody he elevates their 
performance. He's that that's what great quarterbacks do, and I think he'll find that person. I think you said that perfectly that he elevates everyone around him. I don't think there's any argument that Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers has ever had. He's had a few good ones, like Jordy Nelson, Javon Curse, some other uh great guys. Um not Javon Curse. What am I thinking of? I'm going blank here. I said the wrong name. The guy before Jordy Nelson. Anyways, oh, I'm, uh, I'm moving on. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm moving on. But he, but he did that to Devante. He made Devante a household word. So yeah, I think the the basic skill set, like all the talent, was there already for right. Devante. But Aaron Rodgers helped him take it to the next level. Right, because of all those years together when they're throwing the ball around. So. He'll he'll continue to do that, Rodgers, that is. He'll continue to make, you know, guys look shine because of the way that he can play the game. Nobody else can. It's gonna be interesting to see how Devontae how good what the difference between Carr and Rodgers is gonna be like, right? Yeah, and let's say Aaron Rodgers still has the spirit of the game and still wants to play for years and years and years. Maybe he wants to do a Tom Brady and like chase greatness and, and win a couple more trophies and rings. He's going to need help, and he's going to need his organization to make sure that he knows that they're all in. And what I'm saying is, is he needs to add pieces. They have. Yeah. It's bonkers to me that they didn't land Julio Jones or another free agent wide receiver to not really. I mean, you can't straight up replace Devontae Adams but you can at least cope with the loss of Devontae Adams. And the Packers' theme, you know, of their culture, you know this as well as I do, Van, is draft and develop, and they stick by that real stringently. So that's why you don't see them dipping into the free agent market more than they should. They've opened their wallet pretty good the last couple of last five years, but when it comes to the offense, it's just weird. They just don't open their wallet up to a receiver, right? Yeah, it's it's another great storyline for but this they season. They got a run game, and that's all that matters. So it's this is the best defense and the best run game he's ever had. I mean, I I did, they're they're still there. They're in the thick of it. They're to me right now, probably the third best team behind Tampa, behind the Rams and Tampa Bay and the uh, Packers. That's exactly where I got them too. Going to be and a the great 49ers. year. Yeah, for I think the 49ers are step behind, even though they just beat them. Yeah. I think it's been a great year of NFL. Speaking of great, it's a great program today. We're supposed to be off air at 6.15, but uh, Mother Nature had other ideas for two men on today. So we got two bonus segments from Josh Sushan. It's fun talking baseball with another baseball dork like myself. You got a bonus segment with Van Nunley and super producer Mike Vital talking to little Packers. Did your Astros get swept? Uh, I haven't seen. In a series? I haven't checked today. Oh, no, they're playing the Mariners today. Oh, okay. Yeah, playing the Mariners. I think they went two out of three to Oakland. Oakland has been their Achilles heel all year. I was year. just going to say, yeah, that was a Astros have been beating up on everyone except for the worst team in the American League. It's, <laughs> it's bonkers. But, hey, that's baseball for you, baby. The boys are going to be at the lab tomorrow. Thanks to special guest today, Josh Susan. Voice the isotopes. Speaking of Josh Susan, I just got a text here telling me the On Deck show starts at 7.10 and first pitch at 7.30. So, isotopes fans, you got some baseball coming up in your near future. 
Thanks to Ned James for joining us today, talking NFL. Thanks for Rob Portnoy joining us, talking Lobos and talking sports. Check us out at the lab tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. You've been listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal.